Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Let's get into it. We are in the book of Luke. The book of Luke. Chapter 1. And the soap car says we're going to be... Um, in chapter 1, verses 34 to 38, but I would like to read that whole section, verses 26 and on, just because we want to look at everything in context, amen? So, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a, de a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will receive or you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm going to read that again. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. Amen. 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 This is one of my favorite passages to speak from. It's one of my favorite passages that involves the Christmas story. Um, because there's so much here that we can glean from. You know, I think in this season of life, I'm learning that God is the God of the unexpected. God is the God of the unexpected. You know, we may not like dealing with the unexpected. But God's loves moving in unexpected places, unexpected seasons, unexpected ways, doing unexpected miracles. God loves to do the unexpected. God is a God of the unexpected. 
And I believe that we need to learn to see that God is in the unexpected. And we don't like the unexpected because so many of us love our plans. We love our routines. We love our order. We love structure. We like control. We like to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. What we need to learn to see that God is in the unexpected things. We could be merry and celebrate its wonder now, but everything about the story of Christmas was unexpected. The time was unexpected. The place was unexpected. The people were unexpected. A 16-year-old girl and a man who were getting married, who were betrothed to one another. The miracles that we see in the story of Christmas. Come on. God incarnate. God coming in the form of a baby through a virgin birth. Unexpected. That salvation would come from this baby, this child that would be born in a manger, that would one day grow up and live to be a perfect being, only to suffer the punishment and death of a perfect sinner was totally unexpected. Everything about the story of Christmas is not what you would expect, and that is what makes Christmas so special and is what we celebrate today. But when we look at the historical context, right, the times were hard for Jews because the freedom they once had, now they find themselves longing for again. There was a longing and an expectation for the prophecy to be fulfilled of a king that would come to deliver his people and establish a new kingdom. However, the light at the end of the tunnel was fading more and more and hope was dwindling. Think about this. It had been over 400 years where no one had heard anything from God. Imagine 400 years of silence. No prophets, no record of any spirit-inspired historians, no prophetic words spoken from the Lord, hearing absolutely nothing. During this time, uh, prophets were the mouthpiece of God. People did not have the access to what we have access through the Holy Spirit. If prophets were speaking, the people were hearing absolutely nothing. If they weren't speaking, the people were hearing nada, right? And I tell you, I get impatient when God doesn't answer a prayer that I pray in the timeline I'd like, whether that be the next minute, the next hour, the day, at most, Right now, imagine the hopelessness that people felt waiting, longing for something, and then almost wanting to give up because it's been so long. Can you relate to that? I can. Imagine not having your prayers answered or hearing from the Lord for over 400 years. Imagine how desperate you get when you don't know what God is doing within a week. Right. This is the historical context we find ourselves in. And when, when after 400 years, verse 26 lets us know, right? That in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, right? To a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. This leads me to my first point, 
And this is this. God loves to show up in the most unexpected times, in the most unexpected places. God loves to show up at the most unexpected times, in the most unexpected places. God sends his messenger to an unexpected place called Nazareth. Nazareth was an un unremarkable and insignificant, insignificant, so insignificant, it's never mentioned in the Old Testament or in the writings of Josephus, right? There's not much to be known about Nazareth except that it was not des a desirable place. In fact, when Jesus shows up uh, to one of his disciples, Philip, uh, to one of his disciples, Philip goes to find Nathanael and says, we have found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael responds to him saying, uh, could any good come from Nazareth? Why? Because it's not a place people liked nor wanted to go. It was an unexpected place. In many ways, it would be like South Jersey or EHT or Cumberland County. It's no secret people aren't lining up to move to South Jersey, right? Even before uh, before we moved to Fusion, we planted Versa Church, we, we planted to Cumberland County, and you think about that, people aren't lining up to go vacation in Cumberland County, right? They're not going, lining up to go vacation in EHT, maybe Ocean City, right, uh, and all these other places, but we know that this is not a desirable area to live. In fact, people are running out of Jersey. Taxes are so high, it's expensive, whatever. I personally love New Jersey, but it was an unexpected place that Jesus showed up to, right? And I still believe that God can show up and show off in the most unexpected places. I still believe that God wants to show up and show off with hope and bring hope to the hopeless in the most unexpected places. Don't sleep on Cumberland County. Don't sleep on EHT. Don't sleep on South Jersey because God loves to show up in unexpected places to do unexpected things. He sends Gabriel to an unexpected place to send a message to an unexpected person. A virgin named Mary, betrothed to a man named Joseph. There's no ambiguity there, right? She responds. There's no ambiguity there at all. She was a young teenage girl who had never been sexually active, who had never had sexual relations with a man, and was already committed to be married to someone. Surely God could have chosen anyone else. He could have used anyone else, someone older, someone more mature, someone wiser, someone that wasn't already committed to someone or something. But no, God chooses a young, insignificant, betrothed girl who only has one thing going for her, that she's marrying a man who is of the house of David, right? That is to say, that he was of the lineage of a king. That he comes from good stock, from good family, right? However, judging by the fact that they are living in Nazareth, it does not say much for them as much as it demonstrates the goodness and the faithfulness of God. In fact, God was finally fulfilling the promise that the Messiah would come from the line of David. 
And I love that God is faithful to keep his word and everything he says comes to pass, right? Whoever needs to hear that this morning and be reminded, let me say it again. God is faithful to keep his word and everything he says will come to pass. Every word he says is true. Every promise he makes will come to fruition. Every one of his promises are yes and amen. He is faithful. He is true. He is not a man that he would lie nor change his mind. Everything God has said will come to pass. He is faithful to keep his word. Amen. But God shows up at the most unexpected time, in the most unexpected place, to the most unexpected people, with the most unexpected message. The most unexpected message. In verse 28, it says, Greetings, favored woman. In the NIV, it says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary is so caught off guard by this angel and his words that the Bible says in verse 29 that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. In another version of the Bible, it says Mary was confused and disturbed. And Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Could you imagine an angel shows up to you? You're a teenage girl. You're living in the most unexpected place called Nazareth where nobody's coming from, right? I, I would say I would feel that way. I'm from uh, Cumberland County. I grew up in Violent and Millville all my life. Grew up in a moat, living in a motel, right? If the angel showed up to me, I'd be like, you're talking about me? Dude, have you seen my life? Do you see where I come from? Like, I'm the most uneducated, unsmart, un, you know, whatever. You're talking about me? That's Mary's response. Mary, when the angel shows up, she does a double take and looks around and she's like, you're talking about me? Surely you aren't talking to me, right? Why would you say those things to me? Do you see who I am? Do you see where I'm from? Do you see the kind of life I lived? I'm just a young virgin girl, which society would not have looked twice at unless it pertained to marriage. I'm just a significant girl from an insignificant place, living an insignificant life, trying to get married. Surely I'm not that important to God. And God couldn't take time out to be talking to me. Tell me you haven't felt that way. Tell me you haven't felt unqualified. Tell me you haven't felt insignificant. Tell me you haven't felt like God hasn't cared about you. Tell me you haven't felt like God wouldn't look twice at you. That's how Mary felt. And you are not alone. And let me tell you something. No matter how insignificant you feel, God has the most unexpected plans for your life to do the most unexpected things, to bring a hope to a hopeless world, to make a, to do something incredible with your life. And all you would have to do is believe it and surrender and say yes and amen. Men. Yes and amen. You don't have to be the most qualified. 
You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the oldest. You don't have to be the wisest. You don't have to be the most intelligent. You don't have to be the most best looking. You don't have to be the most righteous. You don't have to be the one to make the least mistakes. God can use you wherever you are, however you are, whenever he wants to. He has a plan for you. But if we're being honest, many of us have said that to God when he has spoken to us and asked something of our lives. And some of us are still saying that to God today. Surely you could not be talking to me. Surely God doesn't favor me. Surely God hasn't called me. Surely God doesn't want to use me. Surely God couldn't use me. Can I tell you that God can and he wants to and he will? Because God has a plan for each and every one of us. And it's got nothing with to do with how significant or insignificant you are. It has everything to do with how good, merciful, gracious, and powerful he is. Mary was disturbed and she was confused. But what Mary did not realize is that we, what we often forget, and that is that God demonstrates his unexpected and unmerited favor to the most unexpected people and uses them to accomplish his most unexpected purpose. The Bible says that when, uh, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. This is the NLT version. Instead, God chose things in the, uh, the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Verse 28 says, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. What this means is that God uses the most unexpected people in the most unexpected ways in order to bring glory to himself. The angel says to Mary, who's freaking out, and the angel sees Mary freaking out, and he says, do not be afraid. Mary, this is verse 30, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Right? So he says, don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. All right? He says, Don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Don't start tripping. Why? Because God's favor 
is upon you. And someone needs to hear that this morning. No matter where you come from, no matter what you've been through, what, ex- what unexpected things you have experienced, you have no reason to be afraid because you have found favor with God and God has a purpose for your life. Gabriel says to Moses, you are going to be pregnant. You are going to have a baby. You will, na- you will name him Jesus. He will be great be called the son of the most high. He's going to save people from their sins and he will reign forever as king. And Mary, still blown away, says to Gabriel, Mary, Mary asked the angel, it says in verse 34, but how can this happen for I am a virgin? How can this happen since I am a virgin? In other words, she's saying to Gabriel, what do you mean, Gabriel? I am a virgin. I've never had sex. This is not even possible. Even if I wanted to, I could not make this happen, right? But what she doesn't realize is that she doesn't have to make it happen because God already has an unexpected plan. It says in verse 35 that the angel responded and said, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you And the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, God already had a plan. God already knew what He was going to do and how He was going to do it because God has an unexpected plan to accomplish His unexpected purpose through an unexpected miracle. When God was going to ha- uh, what God was going to to do had to be a work of the Holy Spirit. You see, I chose you, Mary, because it was the only way that it would be undeniable that this is a work of God and God alone for the glory of God and God alone. God had a purpose to provide salvation for those who could not save themselves. And that purpose could only be accomplished according to his plan, which was the immaculate conception, which was the unexpected miracle, virgin birth of Jesus. And Jesus had to be born of a virgin in order to be truly God and truly man so that he could live the perfect and sinless life that we could never live and die the unexpected death we all deserve to die so that we would never have to. But God is saying to Mary, I need you, Mary, an unlikely, unexpected person to accomplish my unexpected plan of salvation through the unexpected plan of a virgin birth. I need you to live out this unexpected purpose through my unexpected plan. I know you had your plan, Mary. I know you had your plan to get engaged I know you had your plan to get married. I know you had your plan to build a home and live together. I know you had your plan to have some kids. I know you had your plan for your career. I know you had your plan for your job. I know you had your plan for your life. I know you had your plan for your education. I know you had your plan on how to make money. I know you had this idea of what size house you wanted, what kind of car you wanted, what kind of money you wanted to make, what kind of children you wanted to have, what kind of job you wanted to do. I know 
you had your plan for what promotion you wanted, but my plan, says the Lord, is so much better, even if you don't understand it. And the question is, will you lay your plans aside for the unexpected plans of God to to accomplish His unexpected purpose and see His miraculous power accomplished in unexpected things in your life? I love verse 37. Because it says, For the word of God will never fail. For God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Come on, I pray that you would begin to see and believe God again in these things today, that nothing is impossible for God. God can do what he said he would do. In fact, if he did it for a miracle for Elizabeth, which is a point when he brings up the story of Elizabeth. He says, even your cousin Elizabeth is giving birth. If he did it for Elizabeth, he will do it for Mary. If he did it for Mary, he will do it for you. He can do a miracle in and through me. If God did it before, he could do it again because nothing is impossible for God Can I get an amen in the chat? What has God been speaking to you? What has he been calling you to do? What have you been doubting God about? Do you think where you are from, who you are, or the qualifications you don't think you meet have anything against the power of God? Nothing is impossible for God. And I pray that this would become such a reality in your life that you would respond in the way that Mary did in verse 38 to say, behold, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. I love the way the ESV version puts it. It says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You see, Mary responded with uninhibited surrender and unwavering faith. Uninhibited surrender and unwavering faith. If you want to walk in the favor, purpose, and salvation of God, All it takes is uninhibited surrender and unwavering faith. When she says, I am your servant, what it actually means in the original language is, I surrender. You are my Lord. You are my master. My life belongs to you. You can have it all. My plans mean nothing if you are not in them. I realize I can lose so much, but none of it compares to what I gain in you. And I pray that that would be the response of our hearts. I love that. Ms. Flo said, I'm available. 
And I just pray that we would live with open hands and open hearts and open our mouths to just say that to the Lord. God, here I am. Not only do I surrender, but I am available. You see, we love talking about God's favor, purpose, mercy, power, salvation in our lives. But are we willing to surrender? Can we respond to our Savior as if he were truly our Lord and Master in this season? The ruler who has all dominion over our lives. You see, surrender is absolutely the key. But we must also have such an unwavering faith that says, let it be to me according to your word. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. If you said it, I believe it. And this Christmas, let us in the unexpected believe for the unexpected. In this season, let us in the unexpected believe for the unexpected. Amen. Amen. Come on, I told you there was so much to unpack there. One of my favorite stories of the Bible. I love the way God uses unexpected people to do unexpected things in unexpected places through unexpected ways. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you make it come alive to us. God, I pray that as we've heard your word, God, that you would not only allow us to receive it, but help us to apply it to our lives. God, I pray that in this season, you would bring hope to those who are hopeless in the most unexpected ways through us, your most unexpected people with the most unexpected miracles. God, I pray that in this season, you would absolutely blow our minds with the doors that you open and the places that you put us in and the ways that you use us to reach people who are far from Jesus. God, I pray that you would blow our minds with the impact that you will allow us to make by your glory, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray that you would show up to those who maybe feel insignificant, to those who have a hard time believing that they are favored by you, that you have a plan for their lives, that you have a purpose for their lives. God, I pray that you would give us a confidence and a boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit to believe that you have favor upon our lives and that you have a purpose for each and every one of us and to give us the boldness to step out in faith to say, God, if this is what you're asking of us to do, to bring hope, future hope, spiritual hope, the hope that kind of that Pastor Brendan was talking about this past week. God, that you would help us to be hope to this dark and hopeless world. That you would blow our minds as you do it. Father, I just pray that in this season, you would both show up and show off to do what only you could do. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hey. We love you. 
Thank you for tuning in. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Don't forget Jingle Jam Family Experience tomorrow EH, or Saturday. Yep, tomorrow EHT, 5 o'clock. And then we have it again on Sunday in Cumberland County at 5 p.m. Hey, I love you guys. I'll see you this weekend.